Live from the Interaction Media Studio in Morgantown, this is a special edition of Positively West Virginia, our daily COVID-19 business briefing. For those of you joining us on Facebook live, uh, welcome and thanks for tuning in. And for those of you joining us on the podcast recording, thanks for joining us as well. Normally each week on this podcast, we interview West Virginia business leaders and share their success stories. For the next few days, and we're not sure exactly how long that's going to be, we're going to be bringing you these daily special edition broadcasts specifically and intentionally around this basic question, what can West Virginia businesses do right now to survive survive this current COVID-19, the coronavirus pandemic situation that we're all facing today? When we first started this podcast project in 2017, we wanted to inspire and uh, equip people in West Virginia with examples of real-life entrepreneurs and business leaders who have built their companies and their businesses right here in West Virginia. So this new urgent situation that we all find ourselves in right now falls right in line with our mission of Positively West Virginia. Every weekday, we will be bringing you these business briefings to help you business owners out there, business leaders, especially small businesses, with practical ideas to use today right now. Today, I'm honored to have on the show Evan Hansen. Evan is principal with Downstream Strategies. He also represents Montegalia County in the West Virginia House of Delegates. In his work with Downstream Strategies, Evan explores resources and environmental problems and solutions in three areas, water, energy, and land. I invited Evan on the show today to talk about some of the things he's working on in his role with state government pertaining to this business crisis that we all find ourselves in right now. Evan, thank you for being on the show today. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Evan. First of all, I want to I want to kind of talk about something that really caught our eye here uh, with my team, and that was back on March 18th. You shared a a document uh, for coming from the governor, uh, which was called um, the Estimated Disaster Economic Injury Worksheet for Businesses, and that thing went viral. I mean, you had 682 shares, 72 comments, and a bunch of people liking it and, and commenting on it. And and I thought, wow, this this is a guy that needs to be on the show. And and all um, full disclosure, Evan and I uh, know each other. Uh, we're friends. We served together in the Rotary Club of Morgantown. So I love his service heart. And uh, I wanted to have him on the show just to kind of talk about some of those things that he's dealing with right now from the, not only as a small business owner, but also somebody who's in the House of Delegates that's dealing with this crisis full blow. So Evan, kind of talk a little bit about some of the things you're seeing out there pertaining to how people are dealing with this crisis. Well, one thing related to that post that you mentioned is I had no idea there would be that much interest. Yeah, It's pretty rare to get that many shares on Facebook. But mm-hmm. what that showed was that there are small business people, not just around Montegalli County, but all across the state who are really concerned yes. because they're, they're, they're in tough times right now. And uh, people were contacting me to get um, PDF or paper versions of that forum from all different types of businesses, ranging from physical therapy to auto repair. Yes. Um, places. So, you know, this isn't just restaurants that are being hit with, mm. with the challenges. It's all of us. Yeah. Um, but we're seeing a lot of positive things out in the community too. Yeah. You know, one thing we're seeing in Mon County is related to providing food to kids and their families that normally rely on food distributed at schools. And um, Pantry Plus, the organization here, 
they were delivering food to about 350, well, 350 boxes of food each week to those families. And you see people also organizing and sewing masks that hopefully are going to be good enough to be used to keep people safe. Mm. Um, so, you know, we're seeing people step up and in many different ways. Absolutely. It's, it's kind of this, uh, this theme I've been on here the last, well, ever since last Monday is assess what you have and help people. And uh, I think that's you're seeing that that those those two themes happening all across you know across the country really, but here in our hometown of Morgantown and Montgomery County and, and even in our state of West Virginia, uh, you know there are, I think there's two kind of schools of thought. One is that you know we should just kind of chill and, and cower over here and kind of just stay out of harm's way. But then there's another school of thought where people are actually doing, um, you know, getting out, not outside, that's not what I'm talking about, but they're getting out of their comfort zone, they're assessing what they have, and they're trying to help people. And I think that there's, um, and there's probably other schools of thought too, but those are the two that I'm seeing. And I feel like, um, you know, we've got to be proactive, we've got to, you know, take positive steps during this and do the best we can to, you know, to, uh, to survive this situation. I agree. Yeah. So Evan, what's what's the one thing that you think, you know, uh, business owners, you're a small business owner, uh, part of a, a team of owners, you're a principal with downstream strategies. But what's the what's the one thing you think is the most important for people to uh, keep in mind as, as we're in the midst of this right now? Well, I think one thing that's important to do is realize that things are changing every day. And there may be things that take place at the state level, but there's certainly things that are taking place at the federal level, including negotiations on a bill right now as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're operating in at a time when we don't have full information. Uh, but it's important to be as proactive as you can and to try to be systematic about it from a small business point of view. So that's one of the things that we started last week is to outline what we think our risks are related to this pandemic, but also what the resources are that are available to us and the resources available to our employees so that we could make contingency plans. And um, and we're trying to communicate that as clearly as possible to mm. employees, because I think employees want to know that the, the leaders of the company um, care about them and, and recognize what they're going through with the issues with their family and and their health and and their finances mm, and absolutely. and they need to know that we're thinking about how to weather the storm without pushing all of the burden onto the employees but at the same time we have to look out for the long-term health of of our company because mm. there's a reality that if you know we need to survive through the end of this as well so that we could continue to provide those jobs in the future so it's a little bit of a balancing act mm. It is. I mean, you've you've nailed that. And I, I've been using this boat analogy since last Monday. I don't know. It came to me uh, Sunday night, <laughs> this boat. And the whole idea was, you know, as a leader of a small business myself, my job is to, you know, make sure that the boat doesn't sink and, and I can navigate that boat somehow with my team to the calm waters. You know, we're in a storm. We don't know how much water is going to come over the bow. We don't know how many boards are going to break off the off the ship. We don't know how much water we're going to have to bail out. But the main thing is to get the boat 
floating and keeping it floating and get it to the calm water. And I said that, you know, the, the, the analogy of that is that in the calm waters where the opportunities will be. And so we won't have the opportunity to, to build our companies back up and everything like that. If we, if the company fails, right. As, as small business owners. So I think that, I think that you and I are coming from the same, you know, same uh, school of thought there. Um, so what, Evan, you know, I, I, and I don't know the answer to this, so I'm going to ask the question. It may sound dumb, but I know that the the House of Delegates, the you know the legislative body of, at West Virginia, is not in session right now. But what are you guys doing? What is the what are our delegations and what are our, our senators doing right now? Are you guys having interim sessions? What kind of communication is actually going on right now? Well, you're right. We're not in session. We ended our session on March seventh right. or eighth. Um, we're doing a number of different things. At, at some point, I'm sure we will have to be called back into special session, mm-hmm. whether that's to um, appropriate federal funds that come to the state or whether it's to deal with changes in our election law to make sure the primary or the general election mm-hmm. um, is able to fi- able to be held and keep people safe or for some other reason. So I think at some point we'll have a special session. But it doesn't seem like that's going to happen soon because there were real safety concerns sure. with bringing us together. Exactly. And, and right now, when we vote, we have to do it in person. That's the way the rules are written. Mm. But what what delegates and senators are doing, what I'm seeing is they're they're becoming active in their communities. Um, we're fielding lots of um, requests for information from constituents and constituents who have certain needs that we can help with. Um, we're serving on the, the the JIC, the Joint Information Command, I think it stands for, which is mm-hmm. a collection of local leaders and public health officials and and uh, and first responders who are meeting a couple times a week to share information, so that we can share the, that information with our networks and provide ideas. And then there's all sorts of things that we think the governor needs to do under his emergency powers. And we're funneling information to the governor's office that we hear from people in our districts so that he's aware of the broad range of things that he needs to address in order to keep things rolling. And that, you know, that's everything from extending people's expiration dates for driver's licenses to, to things related to continuing education credits for people's um, certifications. Mm. I mean, there's, That's interesting. there's a million different things you, nobody would ever think of unless it affects them personally. Exactly. Well, just <laughs> I'm laughing here because my my driver's license expires at the end of this month, and I was wondering about that too. <laughs> yeah, you got them. You got extra time. <laughs> All right, good. That's good to know. See, I've, I've got some great, great information just in the last in the last eight, eleven minutes here. So, so Evan, yeah, that's good to know, and, and I feel like that's um, I think that's something as a point because I have another contention that that you know generally people uh, want to be led. Uh, in their lives, whether whether it's in their in their families, in their church, or their you know the government or whatever, um, and then I also contend that in a time like this, that people are desperate for leadership, and so I, I commend you and and the, the rest of the state government for being you know actively working on this situation. It's good to know that and reassuring that there are people like yourself who uh, who really care about people and that are uh, that, that are doing work out there on this situation right now. And I do uh, I do I do think this is a, a 
a, a time, it's pivotal time, I would say, uh, with regard to leadership. Um, one of my favorite John Maxwell sayings is, everything rises and falls on leadership. And I cannot think of a more true statement than, and, you know, uh, on March 24th, 2020 than, than that right there, because it, it is so important. And I think communication uh, falls right in line with that. There's a lot of misinformation out there right now, and uh, I appreciate you coming on and, and, and help clearing some of this stuff up. Now, let's jump back into um, some of the things that, you know, that small businesses can do. You know, I, I talked about in the introduction of that estimated disaster economic injury worksheet for business. Can you talk a little bit more in depth about that particular um, program and, and what, you know, where it comes from uh, under Ann Ulrig, the deputy chief of staff? Uh, I think that that's where that originated from, from uh, Governor Justice's office. Can you kind of talk a little bit about the specifics of what that means and how businesses should be paying attention to that? That's a worksheet that the governor's office was asking small businesses to fill out if they were suffering impacts. Mm-hmm. And the governor was using that to help support his application to declare a federal disaster area for the state of West Virginia. Okay. Um, now, that has already occurred. Okay, so good. We are, so we're uh, past that stage. So we, we are past that stage, even though people are sh- still sharing that post. Okay. Um, but what that means is that there are certain resources available now in West Virginia because we're past that stage. So one example of that is the Small Business Administration has what they call economic injury disaster loans. And I was just on a webinar this morning learning the details of those. These, these are loans that are provided to um, businesses or nonprofits across the state Um you can get a rate as low as 3.75% for businesses and 2.75% for nonprofits, and the payments are deferred for a year. Hmm. Um, and you can get a decent amount of money. And the, the goal of these loans is to help businesses and nonprofits get through these tough times in the next couple of months to give them some working capital to meet payroll or to pay uh, their bills. Mm-hmm. And if if, if somebody wants the details of that, they should go to disasterloan.sba.gov. Awesome. We'll make sure we have a link to that in the show notes version of the podcast. And we'll try to get that up on Facebook as well. So can you talk a little bit more about that, uh, Evan? Uh, how familiar are you with the program? Have you been studying it? And and what does that, uh, what are some of the the advantages to it? And what, what may be some of the pitfalls to be looking for on that? Related well? to that Related to that loan? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's going to depend on your small business. Um, if you have access to a line of credit, which a lot of small businesses do, that might just be easier in order to, just to access your line of credit. Mm-hmm. But you'll be paying interest on that immediately. Mm-hmm. Whereas the benefit of this um, SBA loan is that um, payments are deferred for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's probably worth going through the paperwork if if you're sure you're going to be able to weather the storm, but you just have a cash flow issue getting mm-hmm. through the next couple months. Yep. Now, there are other federal programs that can help. Um, there was the federal bill that passed and was signed on March 18th, so about a week ago. Mm-hmm. That's the Families First Coronavirus Response Act. And one thing that that does is it expands the requirement for paid sick leave. Um, So full-time employees will need to be provided with an additional two weeks of paid sick leave. And my understanding of this, but I'm still trying to get it 
totally clarified is that the federal government will pay for that expanded paid sick leave, although you don't get the money back immediately. So you still may have a little bit of a cash flow issue, but it requires employers to allow for um, two weeks of paid sick leave for your employees. What are some of the, you know, I mean, obviously there's people are looking for options right now. What might be some of the the pitfalls. Um, I hate to call them that, but if you if you're if you're jumping in this and you're accepting some of those uh, low interest loans with interest deferred, what, what what are some things that maybe folks should be um, kind of on the lookout for? Well, certainly one of the pitfalls is you're going into debt, and you need to be pretty confident if you're going into debt, you're going to be able to pay it off eventually. Yeah, exactly. And, and things are so uncertain now; we don't know if we're going to be under this stay-at-home order for two weeks or two months. We just don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to plan and to make good decisions when there's so much uncertainty. Absolutely. Evan, what um, what are some areas that you're seeing out there where um, you, you kind of talked a little bit about some of the positive stories that are happening uh, with people, you know, coming to – to aid with meals and, you know, providing uh, food for, for school kids and stuff like that in West Virginia. What are some other areas do you think um, you're seeing in terms of the positive side of this right now, if there are any? <laughs> well, I mean, one positive thing is just seeing how many people and businesses are stepping up to help. Now, I was looking at who was stepping up to help Pantry Plus recently. Mm-hmm. And it's a number of restaurants, but it's not just restaurants. It's um, it's a, a bed and breakfast. It's the Carpenters Union. It's a furniture shop. It's a funeral and cremation um, business. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's people across the whole spectrum that are doing what they can to um, to step up and help other people. And that's really inspiring Absolutely. to see that sort of thing. You know, oftentimes on my, on the uh, Positively West Virginia podcast, we're interviewing these uh, business owners that have been doing this. We've been, you know, telling these stories every every single week for the, the last uh, two plus years. We're in our third year now. And one of the things I always ask is people, um, you know, what's one of the best things about being in business in West Virginia? And inevitably, every just about every person says, you know, the people, the people of West Virginia make it different. And I can't help to think, but, you know, we are a resilient peop, uh, group of people. Um, I personally was not born in West Virginia, but I've been here since the early 1980s. And I, I can't help but think that, you know, that that um, those character traits of, of coming together, of, of having almost the an underdog um, mentality sometimes in being a fight, you know, sort of that fighter mentality and people willing to help each other and come to the aid of their neighbors. And especially when there's a, uh, you know, a situation like a disaster or a crisis that we find ourselves in now, I think that's going to help pull us through for sure. Yeah, I see that too. You know, it's, it's in our culture here. Yep. Evan, I don't know if you're at liberty to talk in, in, in deep detail, but what are some of the things you're doing at your company at downstream strategies that are, that you're finding that are um, helping with, uh, you know, people deal with this? Maybe it's internally communicate, communicating or even externally with some of your customers. One thing we've done starting yesterday is write up 
a written policy about how we're going to address, you know, the amount of time people work and, and things like that. You know, we're a consulting company and, you know, sometimes we have more work than we can do. Sometimes we have less. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I think we're already seeing the impact of having less. For mm-hmm. example, it's some of the field work that we do. We're not able to go out and do anymore. Um, so certainly having something in writing, I think, is helpful yes. because it provides clarity, e- even if the expectation is that we're going to revise that policy every few days as we learn more. Mm. At least there's something that people can use so it's not just rumors. Um, and then, there, you know, there's also technology and everybody's talking about using Zoom now, um, <laughs> you know, we're, which is great. You know, we, we were lucky enough. We have three offices in West Virginia, so we've been doing video conferencing forever. It's just exactly. a normal part of how we do our bu- yeah. business. Yeah. And, you know, I, I remember like 20 years ago when people were saying, someday you're going to be able to get on the computer <laughs> and see the, see someone's face when they talk with you. And now there's, you know, 20 different platforms you could use, Zoom included. Yeah. Um, but I, I would recommend that everybody sign up for those and use them for their business or even just for con- connecting with their family members because it just makes mm. such a big difference to be able to see someone's face rather than getting on the conference call. With, without a doubt. You know, we, um, I had uh, Frank Vitale on yesterday on the show, and he's with a company called Forge Business Solutions. And, you know, he talked about employee engagement. And, and, you know, leveraging video conferencing. So I think you're on, you know, you guys are talking about that, you know, and what a time we live in. You know, it's like we're set up to handle a situation like this, to work remotely. I I love what you said about having written policy. You know, there are going to be a lot of opportunities here for companies to learn you know, where their weaknesses were on on policy and written procedures and those kinds of things. I'm having uh, a fellow by the name of Jeremy Donham on tomorrow's episode at 2 o'clock uh, of this special business briefing. And Jeremy's uh, background is in uh, employment law. And there's a lot of things that, that I think business owners need to understand from a legal perspective, too. Um, and, you know, having those written policies are going to be extremely important uh, getting through this crisis, as well as, like like I said, again, learning from this. And when we get to the calm waters on the other side of the storm, it will all be better for, for those and having those procedures. Even things like, you know, how to have a written uh, protocol, procedure, and policy for remote working, you know, what that looks like. You know, just to give you an example, our, our team here at Interaction Media every morning has been getting on uh, call uh, first thing in the morning, we have an established 8.30 call and everybody's required to be on that. And we go through our daily uh, to-do list and everybody's, you know, we're, we've got a lot of work. We're, we have a lot of work to, 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 to do for clients, but having that connectivity, I think, is important. And that also, from the video standpoint, you know, you talk about, um, you know, employee engagement. I mean, that that's really uh, pretty important, I think, to be able to see each other's faces, you know. Um, I was on a, uh, a conference call uh, earlier this morning, and it's just it's reassuring to see those people. You know, everybody's kind of going through a little bit of panic, you know, and a little bit of uneasiness and and so forth, and and just being able to to kind of communicate and and see each other's uh, smile and you know, kind of reassuring each other. That that's I think is equally as important as the communication itself. Yeah, that does mean a lot, and. The added bonus is that we all know that when we're on a conference call, sometimes your mind starts to wander and you 
start mm-hmm. walking around or checking Facebook or whatever. And mm-hmm. that's, that's a little bit harder to do when everybody's, you know, on video. Yeah. I, it was funny. Uh, uh last night I, I had made a comment, um, on, on Sunday, I think I put it on Facebook and it said something like, you know, I was inspired by how many churches, uh, had their services online, uh, live, uh, Sunday because they, nobody was congregating. And, uh, and, it, and I saw this meme and it was a, a pastor, uh, sitting on his couch and he had like a, you know, picture of, of God or Jesus in the background. And, and he was sitting there, he had his laptop sitting on a couple of of pillows on his lap, but uh, yep. but he had like his boxer shorts on. <laughs> yep. and that kind of reminds me a little bit about um, you know what you just said there with uh, you know making sure that, you know, kind of accountability and making sure that everybody's on the same page. Uh, so so Evan, you know, um, I, I guess first of all, I want to remind everybody that once again, our guest today on the on this special business briefing is Evan Hansen. He is a principal with Downstream Strategies and is a member of the West Virginia House of Delegates representing Monongalia County. Evan, as we as we wrap up our time here today, first of all, I want to thank you for the information you brought. It was very valuable. You brought a lot of great common sense pointers uh, for people to be doing. Um, but is there anything that we um, we haven't covered that you'd like to share with the audience uh, live on Facebook right now, as well as on the podcast. I would just say that the, the federal government is hopefully putting finishing touches on one more coronavirus related bill. Mm-hmm. And this one could be really important for West Virginia, um, for people and for businesses, because if they reach an agreement, there could be checks that go out to working people. Yeah. And there could also be um, the federal government might actually pay some amount of salaries for employers um, while employees are being furloughed. So we need to watch that carefully and see how that could benefit us here. Yeah, absolutely. And Evan, um, as as that legislation's coming down, you've been sharing a lot of that um, uh, on social media. What's the best way for people to connect with you, uh, follow that legislation as you're sharing it? What's the best way for people to do that? Well, the best way to find me on social media is at Delegate Evan Hansen, either on Facebook or Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could also reach me by email at evan.hansen at wvhouse.gov. Yep, absolutely. And we'll make sure we have links to that in the show notes as well uh, for the podcast. And that's H-A-N-S-E-N. And Evan is spelled E-V-A-N. So Evan, that that's awesome. Um, thank you again uh, for for being on the show today and sharing uh, the information that you brought to us. I greatly appreciate you, and and uh, just want to encourage you to keep up the great work. All right, thank you. I enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you. I did too, uh, folks. That's it for today's positively West Virginia daily COVID nineteen business briefing. My hope is that we brought some valuable insight that you can use in your business as we all work to survive this. COVID-19 situation that we're currently in, we are going to get through this. And, and I th- it's my belief that we can get through this together if we're, uh, if we're staying strong together. I also want to take a moment to thank our sponsors for Positively West Virginia, as they are the State Journal, 
wvnews.com and Interaction Media. We'll be coming to you live every weekday as this pandemic continues with these special edition briefings. And we, uh, I want to encourage or thank you guys for encouraging us with the comments and shares on uh, social media as well. Uh, we really appreciate that and feel like we're bringing some value to you guys. On behalf of our entire Positively West Virginia team, including our producer today, Dylan Sheldon with Interaction Media, I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay positive, West Virginia.